0: great to be here with you. It's great to be worshiping with you. And, uh, you know, we were back out in Indiana. We went out to Taylor University this weekend and uh, no flat tires. Don't worry. Everything went well there. And uh, we got out there for uh, just uh, my daughter's kind of, uh, well, I'll just say it this way. Megan is graduating in two weeks and so she had her art show. Uh, They do a senior exhibition. So we were out there for that. She has talked about this for Uh, probably two years, and thinking about things, and it finally came to fruition Friday night. And uh, she was the only uh, senior art student graduating in December, so that meant instead of doing an art show with a bunch of other kids, it was just her. And uh, you can imagine there's the joy of that, like everybody gets to see my thing, and then the nightmare of that, like what if no one comes and I'm standing alone, right? Have you ever had one of those parties where you're like, I hope someone shows up, right? Right and uh, so she did a lot of inviting and networking and that is not uh, a weak spot in Megan's life at all and uh, there were probably uh, i don't know between 2 and 300 people that ended up rolling through there throughout the night so just a sweet opportunity for us to celebrate Megan kind of cr- closing out a series of things in life and getting ready for the next thing and uh, man, it's amazing how much we all sort of face that on a day-to-day basis, the closing out of one sequence of things in life and getting ready for the next. And, and uh, that's a lot of what we're looking at in Second Corinthians chapters 8 and 9, is the closing out of sort of a sequence of things in life and some needs going on and the rallying together to the next thing. and. Paul's sort of taking care of that as he's also then motivating and stirring the hearts of the people to be in the proper place. And so we're in a series here called Generous, and it's all about responding to our God who is so generous to us, pours it on, lavishes it in, and may we truly live a life that is generous, all right? So turn with me, if you will, to 2 Corinthians chapter 9, 2 Corinthians chapter 9. And uh, we're starting in verse 1. We're right at the beginning of chapter 9 today. And uh, today's sermon is titled, Give Willingly and Cheerfully. Give Willingly and Cheerfully. And uh, this comes directly out of the passage, a very clear challenge here. The first point is be ready at all times to make good on a promise to help. Be ready at all times to make good on a promise to help. If we've stood up and said we're going to be a part of something, make sure you follow through, right? Pretty simple. Just let your yes be yes and make sure you follow all the way through on that and and uh, that's what's going on in this passage. So, let's just walk it through and learn a little bit. Starting in verse 1 of chapter 9. It says, "Now it is superfluous because that's a word we use all the time, right? Now it is superfluous for me to write to you about the ministry for the saints, for I know your readiness" of which I boast about you to the people of Macedonia, saying that Achaia has been ready since last year. He's like, now it is superfluous. That word means it's in excess. It's not even necessary. We already have enough. It's spilling over, and this is just that much more. Now it is superfluous. Like, I don't really need to say this. It goes without saying, would kind of be our colloquial phrase we would say today, right? It goes without saying, or we've already made this perfectly clear, but, right? That's what he means when he says, now it is superfluous for me to write to you about the ministry for the saints. He's like, look, when we talk about the saints, I've already talked about it in chapter eight. I've already made it clear what's going on, and I'm telling you there's a lot more that's going on in a broader sense, but I know your heart. And I don't really need to say this more clearly. You've got it down. You know where we're headed. You get what the game plan is. That's what he's saying. I don't really have to make this said. You get that we're trying to care for all the churches, not just your church, and all the needs. And you've got that down. He says, I don't need to say that anymore, this ministry of the saints. It's already been said enough, but I'm going to say it again anyway, right? And then he says, for I know your readiness, And um, for I know your readiness, just think about that word readiness for a minute. What does it mean? Come up with your own definition, readiness. Okay, you got it? Readiness. It's the willingness to jump in. It's the starting point. He's like, I know you've got a great starting point. You're hungry to jump in. You've got this readiness and you're passionate about getting on it. And if I mention a need, you're like, We're in. Count us in on that. And uh, in fact, we find out in just a little bit here how long they've been willing to be in. And uh, yes, they have a willingness, a desire. They've got a starting point. Their heart is in the right place. He says, For I know your readiness, of which I boast about you, to the people of Macedonia. Remember, the people in Macedonia are going under an extreme struggle. That was the beginning of chapter 8. There was some severe poverty. They were wrestling hard in life. The Macedonian churches were in dire need, and there were other churches in need as well. In fact, the church at Corinth was experiencing need at different times, but now actually has a moment of some uh, overflow going on. And they had made some commitments that, boy, they'd love to be able to participate with any needs going on. And so the church of Macedonia, well, Paul was boasting to them, saying that the, that Achaia has been ready since last year. Now, Achaia is sort of this broader region of which the church of Corinth is one of them, okay? And he's like, man, we've got this whole area and God's really been blessing into that area a little bit recently and all of them are like we're fired up get us involved let's help out and and so a KI this broader region it'd be sort of like saying in the US like the Midwest man the Midwestern churches are all fired up to be a part of helping out and we'd uh, I'll get that across the U.S. People would be like, oh, I fully understand, right? And uh, they'd grasp what region it's from and where it's coming from. And and uh, this is a region and a region of churches collected together of which Corinth was one. And Paul's like, just so you know, I've made it super crystal clear to them that all the churches in that region are ready to rock. They've got a readiness to jump in. In fact, he says, since last year. Like, they've been chomping at the bit for quite a while, man. They can't wait to get plugged in and help fix a need. They would love to be a part of resolving what's going on. And uh, He says, and your zeal has stirred up most of them. And your zeal has stirred them up. Did you know that that's how God works? Like, when you get fired up to care for somebody else, And when you reach out and you care for them, and with a smile on your face, you can't wait to bring that need to a close, and it makes you excited to serve your God. Just so you know, there are people around you that are like, I love what God's doing in that guy's life. And they get stirred up. They're like, maybe I should be doing that. And man, maybe God has something for me to do too, and they start getting fired up too. And the church sort of feeds on itself. We've called it white hot, like that charcoal grill, right? And the heat in the middle starts getting so hot that those around start catching the heat as well. White hot, fired up, like a charcoal grill. And he's like, just so you know, yeah, your passion, your zeal is stirring them up, and then he gets super crystal clear, honest with them. <clears throat> he says, and your zeal has stirred up most of them because that's the way the church works, right? And there are some that are wrestling and there are some that are struggling and there are some that aren't getting it. There are some that are hurting. There are some that are a bit lost and confused and they're trying to figure things out and maybe they're not very fired up by it. And, uh, but most got fired up in the church moving forward for Christ and his glory. And all of God's people said, man, may we stir one another up to good works. May we be passionate about serving our king and lifting his name on high. And all of God's people said, and uh, truly, we have the privilege of being able to serve our God and make much of his name. He says, but I am sending the brothers so that our boasting about you may not prove empty in this matter. So that you may be ready, as I said you would be. He's like, hey, just so you know, I'm sending Titus. Remember these guys from last week? I'm sending Titus. I'm sending the world-renowned preacher, right? And I'm sending the guy who has been tested in so many things and been found very strong in matters. And so I'm sending those three guys and maybe even a few more. And the brothers are coming along. And they're going to go out ahead of me because we've been promising that you're going to be ready. So, so get ready. Please, right? It's a, I'm sending a letter with them, and I'm sending them along ahead, and they're going to remind you of the promise that you had and, and help you with your readiness to bring it to fruition. And uh, you told us that you were fired up about giving, and so I hope you're still fired up about giving. You got to remember, man, this is in an era where there weren't cell phones, There was no moment of quick texting. I wonder if they still want to give. Are you guys still thinking about giving? Send. (laughs) Right? You couldn't figure it out and solve the problem. So what did you have to do? Somebody get me a pen, write it out, hand it to a guy, send him on a journey. When they get there, you open up the letter and you read it. And now you're reading it like you would read a text message. Hope you're still planning on giving. And uh, so I sent these guys ahead, and they're kind of making it clear. And uh, that's what's going on. Communication 2,000 years ago. And now we all praise God for our phones, right? And it's amazing how easy it is to communicate today. In fact, we almost over-communicate. It gets to a point now where if you walk more than 40 steps and you don't pull your phone out of your pocket and check the next text message that buzzed in, you're like, not with it, you know? And uh, be careful, man. I'm just going to say this as a little side moment. Make sure you make much of the people you're with, not just much of the people you're not with. And all of God's people said, Right? It is so easy to get caught up in the text message thing. And I'm good with it, man. Connect. Take advantage of it. And to use that wisely. But uh, make sure you realize the people you're standing with also matter a a ton too, right? And so this is one of those moments he sent a communication message out. And he's like, hey guys, you told us a year ago about it. Hope it's still true. Sending some guys ahead to check and make sure on that. And uh, so this is what we said it would be as we talked to the Macedonian churches. Here we go. Let's find out if it's true. He says, otherwise, if some Macedonians come with me, and find that you are not ready. Well, we would be humiliated, and that's to say nothing of you. Paul actually wrote that in there. He's right. He's like, let me be super crystal clear. Can you imagine what a bummer it would be if after a year of bragging on how ready you are, I get there and you're like, "What are you talking about? We changed our minds. Right? We're not giving, and, and we already did some other things and." Nope, no plan there, and Paul's like, wow, would that be a disappointment? Don't want to show up to that party and find out how unprepared we all are, so why don't we get prepared ahead? And that's all that's going on. This is like communication 2,000 years ago. This is the thing you absolutely by certain would take care of with the text real quickly if you had the chance and the opportunity, right? Right? And so he's fixing it with a letter and a couple guys being sent, and then they've got a job to do. He says, for being so confident, you know, I'm celebrating what God's doing in your life, and I'm making much of it, but I haven't checked in in a while, and I hope it is true. I've been very confident of what God's doing in your life. He says, uh, so I thought it necessary to urge the brothers to go on ahead to you and arrange in advance for the gift you have promised, okay? Okay. Now, you got to imagine when these guys show up, there's a couple of ways they could go about this, right? And so way number one, okay, you walk in and you're like, all right, where's the gift? You promised it. You better be delivering it. Like, don't disappoint me, man. We need to make our word true. Like you said you would, now do it. Now stand up and collect, right? Everybody say that would be a terrible plan. Okay, that would be a terrible plan, but that is one way to get ahead and make sure that you're getting the thing ready, right? Very forceful, very um, heavy-handed, very demanding. You're exacting it and pulling it out of them, and that is not what they went to do. And you're like, how do you know, man? You weren't there. Well, look what he says next. He's like, man, I'm sending them on ahead so that you can make good on your promise, so that uh, it may be ready as a willing gift, not as an exaction, okay? So that means they chose another path, which is to come in and go, hey man, we're just coming ahead. Here's the letter from Paul. There's some things that have been going on and you guys have known about this. You spoke about your willingness to be able to share into those needs a while ago. And man, what an awesome time of worship. And we're just checking to make sure things are still okay with that. Like, are you still willing to be partnering with and caring for them Making good on that promise, yeah, but are you willing to care for them? Are you able to care for them? What do you guys think? Hear me now. One, give me the money, right? Two, man, make sure your worship is on fire. Are you ready to make much of God? We have a chance to jump in here. Who's still in with me? Are we doing this, right? And so one is exacting it. And the other is calling out for a worship of God Almighty. And one of those is very wrong, and one of those is very right. And all of God's people said, man, hear me. Our job is to constantly and always be pointing out the opportunity to worship our King, Make sure that every action you go after in your life is not in some way to try to get it better with God, but instead you are worshiping your God. You are glorifying your King. And these guys are coming in and they're sweethearted, and they're gentle and tender. They are not exacting it or forcing it. But they are sitting down to a, hey, where are you guys at? Are we still in a good place? Hopefully all things are able to move forward. What do you guys think? Let's make this a giant worship of our God as we take care of the churches. And uh, it was not an exaction. It was a call to see where things were at and a call to follow through. And uh, the whole thing was about we love you and where you at, Okay. It's super important that we grasp the difference, and it's super important that we as church leaders grasp the difference for sure, that our job is not to somehow exact anything, but our job is to call to worship. May God get all the glory. Man, we were super fired up about that and super fired up for what God does in the church continually as we just step back and say, Lord, you take over, rock our world. We're ready to see you move. And all of God's people said... Right, man, man. I'm just telling you, uh, follow through. It's a huge deal, and uh, you know when you imagine going through life, uh, follow through is super important. But but when you get into things like sports, it becomes really important, like instantaneously. See, a lot of things in life follow through. It's sort of hard to tell. You have to measure it on the long of life, right? And you maybe can't tell for days, weeks, months, even years sometimes. But when you're playing something like a sport, follow through is instantaneously seen, right? Like you picture golf. You see a guy get up there and he's getting ready to swing, right? And if the guy swings and his swing looks something like this, right? And he gets, And some of you are like, what's wrong with that? And, uh, just so you know, there's a lot wrong with that, right? And the follow through is horrible and it should be following through and, and there should be an all the way through. And if you just hack down, hit the ball, you're like, what? I hit the ball. What do you want? Or maybe you're playing baseball, right? And the guy pitches the ball and you're like, and that's it. Like, I, I, and, like you might hit the ball, it might go somewhere, but I'm telling you, follow through and you're going to get way better results and uh, starting well is only part of the task. And Paul's like, I love your readiness, church at Corinth. That's the starting point. But starting point is only the beginning of it. Follow through. Make sure that what you've decided and what you're going after, you're actually going to stick with. And uh, man, that's a huge deal, and when we make decisions in our lives when it comes to um, how we're going to live, whether it be our time or our talent or our treasure, whatever it is you're going to be managing out, as you make those plans, man, don't just have a heart of readiness, a starting point. Have the follow through that makes it happen. May God get all the glory, and all of God's people said. And so let's break it down again. We talked about this. There's a couple facets to life, right? First, first. You're giving to the Lord, first to the Lord. Everybody say first to the Lord, right? First to the Lord. And then there's the saving and the spending, the things that take place in daily life for the the food, the shelter, the clothing, those daily needs of education and, and health and all that stuff that have to take place. And then there's the spending. Entertainment included in that, right? Again, we've said. First to the Lord has already happened and God's like, enjoy some of what I've lavished on you too. It's not wrong to enjoy what God's given. And so first to the Lord and then the spending into your home wisely and with what's left over and above, there can be some over and above giving too. And man, that's a huge three-part plan, right? First to the Lord and then the spending within and the saving within and then the giving over and above. Make some decisions in those areas. Be ready and follow through, right? Make sure there's a consistency to what you're doing. May God God get all the glory. It's a huge deal, man. Paul's like, hey, let's make sure that when we put our word on the line and when we're going after something that we're willing to say, God, I want my worship to be following all the way through for you. Man, hear me on this. This is so about you and your worship with your king. And so what's your family decision? And maybe you guys need to talk as a family. Maybe this is one of those conversations where you're like, I don't like having it. It often gets kind of hot as we start talking about this in our home, so we sort of avoid it. And man, just take the deep breath. Maybe it's even time to pray about it together a little bit and decide together what it's gonna look like, what the first to the Lord thing looks like, what it looks like to have a budget of spending wisely and is there any room for doing some over and above giving let's walk through this together may God get all the glory wise as to what you're doing and following through for your king and all of God's people said very simple passage be ready at all times to make good on the promise to step in and uh yeah first to the Lord and consistent on it and yeah on stepping in to help Maybe there's a promise you've made to someone to be a part of it with them. And make sure you follow through on that. Not just should, because you love them and because you love your God. All right? Number two. Have a heart of cheerfulness, not stinginess, when it comes to giving. Have a heart of cheerfulness, not stinginess, when it comes to giving. Uh, Paul says, the point is this. All right, now I'm just telling you, when you're reading Paul's writings and he says the point is this, you really want to pay attention because Paul loves to have a lot of words. And actually, sometimes he loves to have sentences that have an inordinate large number of words, right? It's like a constant run-on sentence of thought and Paul's sharing so many different, and in this one he's like, let me get to the point. That's a moment to seriously lock in on what he's talking about. He says, the point is this whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. He's like, let me be super clear on this. Let's use a farmer analogy. Whenever you throw just a few seeds out there, don't expect the entire field to all of a sudden pop up with crops, right? When you walk out to this thousand acre field and you're like, here we go. All right, we have sowed the seed. Like, don't expect a thousand acres of reaping on that. You threw one handful. Expect a very small amount to be reaped from the very small amount you threw out. Or go ahead and plant the whole bountifully and then expecting back the whole to be reaped bountifully. It's a farmer's analogy. It's very basic in term. If you don't throw the seed out there, you're not going to get cropped the next year, right? And it's kind of the basic. And just so you know, he's like, hey, man, God works on some similar principles here. And this is a big deal. Now, be careful, though. There are some people who have taken this verse and have so mismanaged it that it has become actually very grievous, very wrong in its promise. And uh, really, it damages the worship in a major way. So here's the deal. Let's remember the content we're talking about here. Paul is talking about the worship of our God and our generous hearts in the midst of that. Remember the context, right? And so he's like, let's make sure that we sow With a massive bountiful measure, so that we can reap it. He's like, Man, make sure you sow with a massive amount of worship. That's really the main line. And some people will change that and they'll be like, Throw a ton of money out. You'll get a ton of money back, and then some. And uh, be careful on that. We'll talk a little bit about it in just a second. But the sowing is worship here. The sowing is you celebrating your God and making much of Him. And, uh, You're giving out of thankfulness, your worship is. I'm telling you, a thankful heart is a worshiping heart. Make sure you grasp that. It's so easy to be bitter or unthankful, but the thankful heart is the worshiping heart. God, thank you for what you've shared into my life, and I cannot wait to share that out from here. And uh, We do expect God to bless, but we expect him to bless eternally for sure. And uh, remember when Pastor Mark preached just a couple weeks ago, the treasure that we have is not treasures here on earth. The treasure that we have is this spiritual treasure in the kingdom of heaven that lasts for eternity. The work that he does in my soul that lasts forever. The showing off of my God in glory that makes much of him, that's our hope. It is all about the worship that I have and the eternal impact that God then has into my life and into this world. May God get all the glory. You ready? That is a huge difference from whatever I do here physically, I get here physically. Do you hear the slight shift but the major loss of worship? It is a big, everybody say that's a big deal. deal. That is a big deal. I agree with you. And uh, so one last statement, our treasure is ultimately in heaven. It is spiritual. And let's make sure we lock in on that, okay? So as he's talking here about sowing and reaping, The context of giving, but it is so not about what they gave. It is the heart and the motive and the worship behind the giving. That is what's important. And the heart into it and God doing back into them as he transforms them one degree of glory at a time that will last for all of eternity. May God get all the glory. That's what we're going after. Hearts on fire. Everybody say hearts on fire. I agree with you, man. That is the goal. The goal is not get property dispensed. The goal is get our hearts worshiping and on fire for Jesus Christ, okay? That's the big deal. So let's just speak very, very frankly. There is a term out there. It's called health, wealth, and prosperity gospel. Health, wealth, and prosperity. It is all about it needs to go well for me. Health, wealth, and prosperity gospel. And there's a few things that are just flat out wrong about it, okay? So here we go. Number one, health, wealth, and prosperity gospel has four things that are wrong about it. Number one, a wrong purpose, a wrong purpose. It is all about my comfort, not my God's glory. Health, wealth, and prosperity is all about my comfort, not my God's glory, And uh, that is a major problem, okay? Um, It has a wrong purpose. Lord, make life soft, right? And uh, Lord, give me so that it gets easy here. And the way I'm going to manage that is I'm going to give a ton so that I keep you stuck on this little rule of I sowed bountifully so now you owe me. So that I can reap bountifully. God does not owe us. Everybody say he doesn't owe us. This is sharing a... Promise that of how he's planning to work in our lives, but this is a generous, merciful gift back to us. God does not owe us. And uh, he's like, Hey, man, it's about your worship. You missed it. My glory should be on display. Wrong purpose. Number two, wrong motive. Wrong motive. I give to get in the health, wealth, and prosperity plan. Every time I turn around and give, I start to count what God's going to give back to me. That is not the plan. And uh, be really careful with that. Our giving is meant to give, right? And and when I give to another person because they're in need, I'm not like counting the days until God now blesses me back with something of like, kind, and massively. Like that is not, everybody say that's not the plan. I'm giving to give, and I'm giving to worship. May God get all the glory, all right? That is a huge deal. So wrong purpose, wrong motive, ready? Wrong expectation. Uh, Like-kind reaping is not the plan. I gave money so I should get money. I gave property so I should get property. I uh, gave somebody uh, my mattress for my bed, so now I should get five mattresses back. I don't know why you'd even want that. Right? And like, I give so I should get back more. And uh, like kind reaping isn't necessarily the promise here. We have to be really careful on that. And uh, I would almost say it this way, when you look at what it is you're sharing in, you're focusing on the wrong thing. When you focus on your worship and your heart on fire for Christ, that will be Fanned on, and the flames fired up, and God glorified. And that is the part that you are to be expecting more of, not the tangible thing you sent out, getting more tangible thing back. Um, Sometimes God does do that, and sometimes God doesn't do that, but God always knows what's best, and all of God's people said. And so sometimes He might lavish back into your life, and He might say, I've earmarked you as a giver. And man, we've got some givers in this church, and I mean in big ways. And God blesses into their life, and they continue to bless out as they give. And praise God for that. As they give locally, as they give into this church, as they give internationally. And man, God is blessing into their life. I love giving, and I love the heart of giving. And sometimes God even chooses to continue to lavish into your life so you can continue to be that giver. And so be it. Then live what God has given, and based on what he's given you, be wise about your sharing out. May God get all the glory. And if God gives back to you an increase of heart and a passionate worship, then that's what God has chosen to lavish into your life, that he might get all the glory. So as you sow, know that you will reap back, and it is all about the heart focus, not the product you tended to share out. So wrong purpose, wrong motive, wrong expectation, and then the last one, wrong treasure, wrong treasure. Um, The health, wealth, and prosperity gospel treasures the physical things of this world, not the spiritual things of the next world, right? And uh, we need to be really careful with that. And uh, I will just say this, there are a lot of people when you turn on the TV or the radio that say words like, give and God will pour it back on you. And then they quote this verse. And now you guys have been educated up a bit, okay? And uh, hear me, give out of a heart of worship, give. May God get all the glory and he will shape your heart. He will grow you up. He will not leave you wanting. You will long for more experience with your God and maybe... It will be in the world of physical that he gives back to, but maybe not. Either way, you are fired up about your king. God has a plan. Man, pour into him, thankful offering back to him. May God get all the glory. And all of God's people said, and that's what this passage is talking about. It is not give to get, it is not my comfort, it is his glory. May God be the one who's shown off, okay? All right. That's a big deal passage, and it's good to slow down and make sure we make much of it and understand. He says right after it, each one must give as he has decided in his heart. You might be here this today, and you're like, how much do I give? And how do I decide how much to give? And, and I'll just say this, each one must give as he has decided in his heart. That's a pretty clear direction right? And uh, so some are like, no, I really think that you should give. And then they give a number or a percentage. And I'll say this, the Old Testament was super crystal clear. When they lived under law, God got very detailed, specific, okay? And so he walked them through and they gave what was called a tithe or a tenth, a 10%. And they were giving that 10% under law, So like if you're looking for guidance, I would say as we look into the Old Testament, we see a great example even with Abraham before the law was written. So that's before the time of Moses. Abraham gave a tenth. So we do see the 10% numbers kind of coming up. If you're looking for some guidance from Old Testament, we do see that 10%. But I'll tell you, New Testament isn't focusing on the, the percent as much as the heart, okay? And make sure you're getting after that. And and for many, I'm just telling you, 10% is a great place to start. And and for many, you might even go well above that. Like, why would I stop there? I've got enough here to be able to continue to give out. And I love what God's pouring into my life, and I'm going after it. It's not about hit the number. It's about hit a passionate heart of worship for your God and get after it. And man, if you're sitting here going, whew, good deal, man. So I'm going to lower that number and have a good heart about it. And uh, just so you know, you might be missing that heart of celebratory Thanksgiving a little bit there, right? And uh, be careful. The more you're like privately going, if I can just amass to myself, the thing is working out perfectly. Like that is really a giant miss, right? And Scripture's super clear, man, the treasures are not here on this physical earth. Our treasures are spiritual in heaven for all of eternity. May God get all the glory. May I, with a thankful, celebratory heart, start pouring it out on him. We see some Old Testament guidance of numbers like 10% and beyond. And uh, man, what you decide, make sure you decide and you stick with. Have a great starting point and go after it and follow through. And uh, you might be here today and you're like, that's a huge number. Like we're not giving right now and to be able to start doing anything is, is tough, but that kind of number would be almost impossible. And, and make sure you make some decisions along the way. It could be that you pull back a little bit on some things you live in life in order to be able to put some monies towards being able to say, Lord, first to you, right? It may be that you're like, I'll have Starbucks a little less often and I'm gonna save up some. Or maybe you have a... Uh, A raise coming up, we talked about this a couple weeks back, and as the raise is coming up, you're like, hey, some of that raise is gonna go directly to God. Maybe even you're like, all of that raise is going directly to God this year. We're getting it in line. Man, first to the Lord. And be wise how you do that. You can do that with a little bit of pullback in where you're spending. You can do that with a rearrangement as you have more money coming in with a raise or whatever. Make sure you're celebrating your God. Please, this is so about your worship. Please hear me. This church is doing great and your giving is doing great and we're fine with the giving. The issue is your worship. And how is your worship going on with your God? Don't just have the readiness. Have the follow through. May God get all the glory. And all of God's people said, Amen, amen. Amen. All right. He says here, Yeah, it's... uh, Give as you've decided in your heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion. Here's that exaction clause again, right? Not like you're being forced to and you're like, I don't want to give it up. You know, when you're giving to somebody and they have to pry your fingers open, it's a little less of a gift, right? You're like, thank you very much. (sighs) Hey, I appreciate you giving that to me. Like, that's not really a gift, right? And God's like, not under compulsion. I'm not looking for your fingers bearing down and I have to peel them apart and heart of worship and thankfulness as you give back to your God, okay? Not under compulsion, uh, not reluctantly. God loves a cheerful giver. And uh, man, you heard Pastor Steve talk about it today as we were going to the offering. And uh, I'm just telling you, God loves it when we're like, and it's time to continue in our worship as we take our offering. And the place erupts in applause and thanks. Like, yes, we get to give back to him. Like, that's right. My God pours it on all week long. I cannot wait to give something back to him and celebrate through the thanksgiving of giving back. Some of you are like, I don't know, dude, I'm kind of new to the place. That was weird, right? And uh, just never seen it before, a little awkward, and uh, join us in our awkwardness. I'm telling you, it's not going away. We love celebrating and thanking our God, and we have people that literally get excited about saying, cannot wait to give back to my king. And all of God's people said, man, that's what it's about, cheerful giving. May God get all the glory. First to the Lord, celebrating the whole way, not reluctantly or under compulsion, with a heart that is thankful for all that God is doing in your life. It says, and God is able to make, get ready for the word all now, and God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. For all's and in every. Paul's not joking around. And uh, why should I give back to God? Well, because... God makes all grace abound to you. Did you know that every single good thing you taste of is from above? James chapter 1. And comes from God the Father as he pours on you. Every single good thing. There isn't one good thing you taste of where you're like, well, that one didn't come from God. You're like, well, that one actually came from this guy over here. He gave to me. Remember, we talked about it with Titus last week where he's like, I thank my God for Titus. And the heart that you've given to him. Remember, God working amongst the people and moving and stirring. And every single good thing you taste of is from your God. All grace pouring down. We don't deserve it. But God pours it on anyway. And uh, all grace abounds to you. So that having all sufficiency, it is complete to bring salvation and joy and peace in your life that will last for all eternity. God is not toying around. Your life altered for eternity in all things at all times, not just sometimes, all the time your Father pouring into your life. Take a celebratory moment to be giving back to Him and thanking Him. Hear me, man. Jesus Christ, He is God Almighty. He has lived for us. He has died for us. Jesus Christ, He came to this earth, humbled Himself, and became a man. He was misunderstood. He was mocked. He was beaten. He went to the cross and nails driven through as His blood dripped down, Him for me. I have life and I have hope because Jesus Christ gave his everything and then he rose again from the dead conquering death, conquering sin and he lives forever. Jesus Christ, God Almighty, he is in charge of this universe. Amen, man. Amen. And then... Every moment of every day, he pours in what you can be thankful for nonstop. It isn't just salvation. It is all of life and him giving to me. We serve the great giver and all of God's people said, we serve the generous God of the universe. May our hearts reflect that we recognize that. May we give with all we've got. May we give back to him. May we see needs in the community. May we recognize and give into the church saying, God, rock this world for your fame and your name. Man, do not hold on like God's peeling your fingers apart. That isn't what he wants at all. You on fire to be able to give back to the great giver and say, thank you, God. You are giving in my life is amazing and I wanna give back to you just a little bit, saying, I recognize what you're doing, and I'm in. I'm in and worshiping you. May God get all the glory. That is cheerful giving.